Welcome to a couple of Rad Techs podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have years of experience, exactly 30 years in the field, and we are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. Welcome everyone to healthy, excuse me. Welcome everybody to, I'm Chandria Singleton. Welcome to Let's Chit Chat Travel Wellness and Travel Podcast. I'm excited to be here. We have an amazing guest as always. Today's guest is Dr. Tanya. I keep wanting to say Tanya because I am from the South, but her name is Dr. Tanya M. Lambert, MD. She's a medical doctor and on completing her master's in public health in the field of epidemiology, uh, after medical school, she decided to enter the field of women's health coaching and health education. This decision came after her own personal battle with fibroids. While she was in the medical school, she suffered from intense uterine bleeding and took the conventional therapies, but had very little success. After adopting a plant-based diet, learning how to meal prep and using effective supplements, she was able to shrink her fibroids successfully. And now she teaches women the tools that she learned to balance their hormones naturally and by choosing effective, healthy, plant-based diet and lifestyle. Welcome, Dr. Lambert, to our program. Thank you so much, Andrea, for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you and your guest. Yes, I am excited to have you because I found you on TikTok. You popped up on my For You page and I was just so excited about your content. Uh, and especially as a woman suffering with fibroids myself, you know, it didn't come to later in life. I've never had them, but it was a shock and it was a struggle. And to really conquer that is a feat for women. You know, I was able to conquer it. You've been able to conquer it through other methods and I think this is something we need to talk about, which was never really talked about to me. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how I found out about fibroids and I can't, I possibly couldn't be the only one. So, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself. I just read that amazing bio, but I want the audience to hear from you who you are and what it is that you do. So my name is Dr. Tanya Lambert. Um, so I am a medical doctor. I graduated medical school in 2020. And right after that, I decided to pursue my um, master's in public health and epidemiology. So basically, um, while I was in medical school, I realized that, you know, I was very um, interested in the area of community education, um, more than just the, the standard clinical practice. Now, I love working with patients. I was not afraid of blood or guts or anything like that. Um, you know, I love working with patients and like, you know, helping them to navigate the healthcare system. And also to the, you know, work with the doctors, helping get the best um, clinical care. Now, while I was in uh, my, uh, like my, um, during my medical training, I noticed that like by my, towards the end of my second year, I started having, you know, intense, um, you know, just an increase in uh, uterine bleeding prolonged periods to the point that it went on nonstop for almost two years. And, you know, I did start with the conventional therapies, you know, all the hormonal therapies, um, but it wasn't really helping that much. So then by my 
third year. Um, it was just incredibly frustrating. And I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I was initially scheduled to do a uh, myomectomy, which is when the surgeon removes the individual tumors from the uterus. Um, but then I spoke with a family member who's also a, a nurse who said, you needed to get a second opinion. And I'm glad I did, because when I went to get that second opinion, a second OB-GYN said, no, you would not be a good candidate for the myomectomy. You might end up with a hysterectomy. And because she found something else on the MRI that the previous doctor did not notice. So she suggested that I go to um, an interventional radiologist who I then actually did the UFE, um, which is the uterine fiber embolization, which, you know, that just blocks the blood supply to the tumors that they shrink. But basically, you know, this physician said to me, and he was pretty well world renowned, he said, you know, I will do this surgery on you. You will. I, most women do well with this, and you know. Um, however, it is likely that your fibroids will come back. I looked at him, and I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I'm like, no, they will not come back. <laughs> I'm like, because yes. I've had enough, you know. And so I started doing even more research on like, you know, holistic methods, remedies, hydrotherapy, supplements, foods, you name it. I looked it up, um, and I, you know, started getting into meal prepping, and you know. Um, utilizing different supplements, you know, a bit of intermittent fasting. Um, and when I went back to him for my follow-up six months later, he was super shocked and amazed to see that I was way ahead of the curve of most women who did the procedure. And he said, wow, how did you, do, you know, how did your fibroids shrink so quickly and so much? And I said, oh, you know, I changed my diet. I told him all the things I did in my mind. I'm thinking he would be, you know, like, super excited to hear about it but he actually really wasn't he was just like okay <laughs> you know it was like he didn't really believe it and I said oh well you know that's that's what I did um, but, <laughs> so you know that really kind of charted my change in my course you know with my um education you know while I do appreciate the knowledge that I got from my medical education you know, I learned that, you know, there's a lot more to women's health that, you know, we were not taught and the physicians are not ne necessarily aware of. And certainly, you know, if you don't have, you know, a physician on board who actually puts your health first, you might find yourself having procedures and unnecessary amounts of medication that might cause more harm than good. So, you know, what I do now is I basically teach women about, you know, how their bodies work, um, essentially going through the hormonal cycle, which we unfortunately many women don't know a lot about, and how to, you know, realize that our menstrual cycle is our, you know, the hormones involved are our superpowers. Yes. And if we know how to, you know, take care of our health and um, you know, eat the right things and just like even just our mental health, you know, we can actually harness the the power from those hormones to do great things. And so that's what I do now. Oh, wow. Right. That was amazing because that was, I mean, your bio is awesome, but this was amazing because it allows people to see uh, from a doctor's point of view as a woman, a woman of color's point of view, who not only just sees patients with fibroids or has seen it in medical school, but you have lived it. You have lived both sides. You know, I remember when I went back to my OBGYN who, when I had a procedure for polyps to be removed, they weren't there anymore because I had changed my diet. And when I came back out of the procedure, she was like, what did you do? 
I changed my diet. I really got strict and really went back to my old way of eating. And I exercised more because I had more energy. I can now exercise. I was drinking my water. I did acupuncture. You know, I did things, holistic things. And she just was like, oh, same answer. And I have a very holistic kind of doctor. So I was shocked. And for you to have that same experience, I think a lot of women can resonate with that. Um, that sometimes we're just like that. It's not celebrated. And we're so happy I know I was ready to like, yeah, when she said no polyps in there, I was like, oh, yes. And then the fibroid, whenever I go get it checked, it just keeps getting smaller. And it's not an overnight just shrinking, it's gone. It's been three years, but it's going down, 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 down. So which means I don't have to have the surgery. It's not growing. It's not causing me problems. Yeah, it's not gone yet, but it sure is like, it sure is like it is gone. And I celebrate that. And I think like you, more women need to understand, you know, your health takes time. We've done so much to our bodies. It takes time to reverse that. It's not going to be overnight. But the but the results that you have feel, the more energy, because you're not bleeding out all the time. You know, the balance of hormones that happens, so that way the fibroids do eventually disappear on their own naturally. I want to talk more about that because I have friends and family, fibroids have run in my family, and I never heard about them before. And most women in my family have them, which was shocking to me when I became a teenager and a family member came over and we were all sitting in the living room talking. And I saw the older women rush her out with a blanket around her, blocking her because it was men in there, too. And I was like, what is going on? Well, she had just started bleeding one of the fibroids. You know, how embarrassing is that? Number one, that is so embarrassing. And it's just not like a little bit. It, it, it's, it's very embarrassing if nobody's ever seen it. Like, especially if you have a lot of fibroids. So I really wish I had been talked about because when I got older and developed them, I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. I was like, you know, paranoid now that, oh my goodness, what if that happens? And, you know, that stress is stress on you as well. So we need to talk about this. So when you talk to, when you do your research on fibroids, what's one of the main things that feeds fibroids? How do they come? Where, where do they come from? What are they? Feeling like a popsicle in the hospital? Well, ditch the hospital chills. Scrubmates, a base layer designed by a healthcare professional, understands the struggles of staying warm. Keep yourself toasty and your valuable secure with convenient zipper pockets. Support a small female-owned business and try Scrubmates today. You'll get 15% off your order using my code, RADTEX, at checkout. Thanks, Scrubmates, for bringing us this episode of a couple of RADTEX podcasts. Now let's get into the episode. So basically, fibroids are benign tumors that actually grow in various locations of the uterus. So it can be found either um, basically smooth muscle tumors specifically, and they're not cancerous. So that's a good thing. However, they do grow and can also press into different surrounding um, organs um, in the pelvic region. So they can grow on the outer surface of the uterus, they can grow in the wall of the uterus, or they can grow like on the inside of the uterus where they cause the most havoc in terms of bleeding. Now, if they grow on, outer, on the outer surface of the uterus, they can actually compress the bladder, causing symptoms uh, or causing um, a feeling of urgency, feeling like you have to pee more frequently or causing you to pee more frequently, as well as pressing on the bowels or the colon causing symptoms of constipation. 
And certainly for women who are trying to get pregnant, if they go inside the uterus, it can actually, um, it can interfere with the growth of a developing fetus. So basically um, with fibroids, what, what the general, you know, um, etiology or cause is that it's due to estrogen dominance. However, I actually feel that that type of definition or that root cause isn't exactly accurate. Um, because there are women who have fibroids and every time they go to the doctor to get their estrogen level tested, and I was one of them, it came back normal. Okay. And the issue with that is our estrogen levels are always changing throughout the month. So when you get your estrogen levels checked it is incredibly important. So your estrogen levels, your, your, just to really briefly, the menstrual cycle, can it runs about four weeks, 28 days, 35 days for most women. Estrogen levels are lower in the first week and they start to increase around the second week, the peak in the third and begin to decline again around the fourth. Um, so the main thing is if you get, depending on when you get your estrogen levels checked, it could be low or normal for some women. Um, but what I've discovered is that if we just target the estrogen alone and not to look at you know, treat fibroids holistically, starting with our mental and brain health first, we end up shooting ourselves in the foot, chasing around different types of natural remedies, you know, um, supplements and foods, and can sometimes be very unsuccessful and devastating for a lot of women, you know, and so that's pretty much, you know, what I, that was pretty much helped me to, when I recognized that, pardon me, I realized that I need to start first and women need to start first with actually treating their, over, their overall mental and brain health to start because a lot of the hormone imbalance happens as a result of imbalanced levels of cortisol, your stress hormone being too high. And we live in a postmodern society where we work ourselves to death or we don't get enough sleep. And that can actually result in imbalanced melatonin levels as well you know which is not just for your sleep but it's also a you know anti-cancer yeah. anti-inflammatory hormone so it's actually really more holistic there's so many hormones that go into play with helping us to maintain a healthy menstrual cycle and also keeping our estrogen and progesterone levels balanced and so with fibroids i think it's multifactorial really it is Estrogen dominance is honestly just, you're looking at an end result. That's more like the end result, but not the root cause. Yeah, it's always good to get to the root cause. You touched on a lot of good points. I mean, that I think we don't think about. I remember when um, the embolizations of the, for the fibroids first started, I was working for one of the top doctors here in Atlanta and she pioneered that amazing doctor. Uh, she was, she had some of the best success rate, but like she said, it's not, a permanent fix. It's gonna find another blood source. <laughs> it, it will find and it will create one. You know. So she was very honest and upfront. It is a temporary fix. There are other things that we need to do. And I love how you talk about, you know, really looking at our mental health because having fibroids it can cause the all kind of issues, uh, bladder issues, you know, colon issues. You you name it. The estrogen itself can cause issues and mimic other things, which can work on your psyche. And we have to look at the whole person. And for me, that's where wellness and health comes in. Every piece has a, everything has a, 
place and a piece to it to make everything, put everything together. The body should be treated as a whole. And a lot of times we forget about the mind and especially the gut as well. Um, the gut plays a really big part. That brain gut connection uh, is just, it, it's just, you can't say enough about it. And I think we ignore those things because we want to just fix. And I think about, you know, family members that have just said, I just, I'm going to get the surgery and just get them taken out. Surgery has complications. That should not be your first, you know, especially women of color, you know, when anytime you get cut on or have to be put under sedation, there's a risk. That's why they have you sign a waiver, <laughs> you know? So anything, I always tell people when I have patients come in and they say, is this serious? Anytime a foreign substance or something is it's serious. You know, it can be, you know, just a finger, getting a finger fixed. But anytime you're going into surgery or getting procedures done, there's a reason you sign a waiver because anything can happen. So anything you can do to prevent and try to handle it the natural way by not letting it get too far gone, I think is important. So I want to talk a little bit more about in the wellness space, you know, what are some things that everyday people can do? Because the people that I, I love and are in my life, they have some, you know, I've, I've scanned some of their fibroids myself. They've come to me to get the MRIs and uh, they're pretty scary. And I'm thinking, how are you living with that in you? You know, like how? I, there's no way. But they continue to eat the way they, they eat, which feeds it because part of it is lack of education, a lack of understanding that you can make certain changes. So what would you say would be the top three changes that people should make to their lifestyle? Maybe not just food, but what are top three changes that people can look to do when they want to naturally uh, fix their fibroids, reduce their fibroids, or get them gone altogether? So the top three things I would say involve, well, for one, your mental health. That's the first thing. You're basically your brain health. I think we should start there. And then afterwards, gut health, which I know you know, you and I are very, especially I love your content on gut health, super important. Um, and also consistency. Mm. So I guess with, well, starting with the brain, with like mental brain health. So it's not just, you know, taking care of the physical brain, but also, you know, the, um, the psychological, emotional part of our minds as well. Um, a lot of the times, you know, women, again, they're not getting enough sleep. Or they are entertaining, you know, they have, um, maybe they might not be, you know, properly controlling like their stressors or even certain, like um, they're committing relationships in their lives that are actually causing them a lot of emotional stress or triggers, essentially. And basically what women forget is that it's not really exactly the uterus, but the brain is the most powerful sex organ. Basically, all of our hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and even that little bit of testosterone that we need for our sex drive, the production of those hormones actually begin with, you know, other hormones that that are actually released from the pituitary gland in the brain. And basically, if you don't, if, you know, that pituitary gland isn't functioning well, or, you know, you're very stressed out, where you're actually releasing a lot of cortisol, that can shut down certain hormones that are responsible for regulating the menstrual cycle or even result in imbalances in progesterone, which is necessary to help you balance your estrogen. Mm -hmm. So before 
you even worry about, oh my goodness, let me buy this supplement, that supplement, because <laughs> that can go crazy. It does. <laughs> you buy all these supplements, they're not working. You feel like you just wasted all your money. You're more stressed out. That was me. I was like, oh my gosh. Me too. I, I got a box that I use for show and tell to show people. Yeah. I got a box of over $300 worth of vitamins. Some of them are in Chinese. I can't even read them. But I was that desperate, you know, to find help. I think the first thing is honestly journaling. Even before like going out to buy all those supplements, to take a step back and ask, you know, ask the, you know, the woman to ask herself, what is going on in my life right now in the last three months to a year that's been causing me the most stress you know are there certain individuals that are causing you a lot of stress is it maybe your job you know is it um you know how your work you know work life balance or scheduling you know start there and find out how what are simple things that I can do to reduce my stress that's the first thing you know even if that means even just starting writing down you know a statement of gratitude every night and reflecting on that at the end of the week you know, that's one thing. Um, or even finding, you know, getting into a therapy class or, ex that, you know, a stretch exercise class or something that's not too strenuous. You don't want to stress your body out when you have fibroids. Something easy to that, that's sustainable. And if you can't do that, that's fine too. Just take 10 minutes a day, yeah. you know, to, you know, do some type of meditative um, stretch exercise or breath work. Mm -hmm. These are things that are really probably even the most beneficial to healing because, not only does it help you to relax, but it also helps to, it helps your gut health as well too, which is essential to helping you to get rid of excess estrogen. Now let's talk about the gut health since we yes. got there. So now in our gut, women, we have a special group of bacteria called the estrobilome. Now this group of bacteria is essential for helping us to, you know, find, detox the, the, uh, detox the estrogen it's the final step of estrogen detox in the body before the estrogen is pooped out right. <laughs> essentially but the thing is if you're eating a lot of refined unhealthy foods that estrobilum gets messed up and you can't detox that estrogen the final step so then it's so important that you eat foods that balance the gut bacteria so cruciferous vegetables which is your brussels sprouts your broccoli your kale you know those things are good but what i would say is when it comes to that, start little by little for some people, because you don't want to start eating too much of these vegetables. You get bloated or constipated, especially if you're not used to it. I would say, honestly, start with two to three vegetables per week. Start there, you know, and maybe add a fourth one if you want to switch it up a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be the biggest, most gigantic salad on right. the planet, but maybe half your plate would be a mixed vegetable salad with, you know, three vegetables you know, some healthy proteins and some healthy carbs, but low carbohydrate foods, you know, like quinoa, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to don't skip the white rice, right. you know, stuff like that. Because, you know, women who are have fibroids tend to also have, um, they tend to also be insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. So we don't really, and you, not, you know, you might not have diabetes and I, mean, I don't know what test there is to detect that mild insulin resistance. Right but they tend to be insulin resistant. So going foods that are lower on the carbs, but higher on healthy proteins and fiber would be a good start. And you don't have to go on a juicing rampage at first right. either, because that can be stressful. And stress is going to do the opposite of what you're trying to do. 
and that juice has no fiber in it and you're juicing, juicing, juicing and all this sugar, it just kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> So, and I, I did the juicing train too. Me too. <laughs> it, can, it can be very stressful. And then you're like, oh my goodness. And that just doesn't make any sense. I find that if you at least have two to three square meals a day within an eight hour period, you know, and so for some women I discovered, skip the sugary cereal, have like a nice, you know, some good, well done, healthy beans or protein. Yep. With my salad for breakfast. That might sound weird, but it can give you the most energy and some healthy fats like avocado that's where you want to start and then maybe in the afternoon when you probably need that additional sugar spike some a bowl of fruit two or yep. three not more than that <laughs> yeah you know and some quinoa with some coconut milk you can have your breakfast food around that time in the afternoon to give you that energy to keep going and if you have a third meal a little lighter more fiber you know um a little bit more fiber not too much right um proteins and certainly not too late because you don't want your blood sugar crashing while you're sleeping and then have right. just throws things off and the last thing i want to mention so the first one was brain health the second one was gut health um and the last thing i should have i think i'll say this would be body products oh yeah products i mean before you go nuts on <laughs> you know throwing everything out because that yeah. could also be a little bit stressful too I think start with your, the sanitary napkins first because that's closest to our bodies and our vaginal tissue absorbs toxins from the pads very easily. And for me, it was a little challenging at first because I was wearing diapers, depends, literally. So right. trying to get out right. of that was a bit of a challenge. But what I would say is, you know, if you can get started with some, like the ones I like, it's the seventh generation because they're the most adhesive. Me too. Yeah, and they're the least toxic. So uh, seventh generation is good. And you can find them at most Whole Foods, um, you know, most health food stores. They're at October. They have, yeah. Yeah. And they also have some overnight ones that are pretty good. I love um, Seventh Generation. I order them on Amazon in a big pack now and just have them shipped to me on a subscription basis. So that way I don't run out of them. But I don't, once you get your health right, you don't really use the, I find that my cycle is maybe like a day or two now. And it's wow. totally different than when it was before. So, you know, it's like, it's just so different. <laughs> And one last thing I wanted to mention, when it comes to the food, have a journal. Yes. Pay attention to how your foods are making you feel because what's healthy for one woman might not be healthy for another woman. And that's what I learned. It's not, you know, always pay attention to that. And then if one thing doesn't work, switch it out. So don't yeah. buy too much of one item. I have to get all the aloe vera in the world and <laughs> <laughs> never do that. Start with shop weekly. You yes. know, and get little bits at a time, no more than 30 minutes in the store. It will cut down your stress. Mm -hmm. And then you start to learn more. And then as you learn more, you can share with others. Yeah. When I take my clients, we go grocery shopping together pre-pandemic. We would go grocery shopping together. They bought that plan. They were surprised that I would not get a buggy. I only got a buggy if I was buying watermelons or buying best a, a thing of oranges, a big box of oranges, because I can't carry those. That's the only time I got a buggy. But I only did that maybe once every few months, but I had a handheld uh, carrier. That was for two reasons. It made me shop for what was on my list and it was stuff that I needed, not the things I couldn't just keep walking down the aisle and, oh, let me grab these. Let me. And I literally went around. I never went down the aisles. It was only for a treat, like if I wanted some chips, but I only bought those once a month or every other month, a healthy kind of chip that I liked or some, some popcorn. 
that I like. But other than that, I started popping my own popcorn with kernels like I did growing up. You know, that it's just, it's so different when you learn. And they would go shopping and they would be like, oh my goodness, I only spent $40 and I got all of this stuff and I can walk out with it. And I this is what we, you planned that you were going to cook. So this is what you wrote down you're going to cook. So that's what you're going to buy. And you've got one lady cooked for her kids, her grown kids and herself based off of just one little handheld card. She was so blown away. And I have really enjoyed this conversation because you have come from a research side and a personal side, you know, and I think a lot of times we miss that because most healthcare workers have not experienced what they are treating. You know, uh, for me, I grew up having radiology exams because of my gut issues. So I was a patient that I didn't have really good experiences with some of the technologies. And when I became a technologist, I was like, nobody with me is going to ever experience the lack of care and tenderness. And, you know, people are stressed out when they get these tests done. I want you to feel like when you're laying on that table with me, you're safe. And that's what I try to give to people because I didn't feel that way with all of my tests, you know, all the time with certain texts. It was like, yeah, just get you in, get you out, no care, you know, drink this. It's stressful. So I appreciate how you have touched this subject with, you know, very personal nature, but also very professional as well. You've given us, so, I mean, it was a lot of stuff you said that, especially about the gut, I had never heard of before. And I, I really want to, I would love to do this again uh, and really like just talk about those three things that you talked about and break each one down because you don't think of the mental side of it. You don't think of the gut side and simple things is journal your food and just see how things respond for you. You know, just the tips that you gave and your personal experience. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And you made it very simple for everyday people, you know, to pick up and understand. You didn't talk over anybody's head and that that speaks volumes for how you get the message across and that you really do care about, you know, the people that hear your message. Oh, no, thank you so much, Andrea. This was certainly a pleasure and I appreciate, you know, the, just the conversation that we had today. And I'm sure it will definitely be of high value to people, other women and even men who have partners who want to, you know, know more for how they can help them. So. Yeah, because I want to talk about those sanitary nappies as well, as well, too, because when I was younger, there was a company, I don't remember the name of it, but they were selling uh, pads that were safe and healthy. And my mom bought them for me because I always had issues with my, my cycle and I, they were great. I don't remember the name of this company. Um, you couldn't buy them out of the store. I still don't remember. But they were excellent. And so as I got older and I got away from it, started just buying the regular ones out of the store. And I started thinking to myself, why don't you use more natural things when I became vegan in 06? And so that's when I threw those out and I'm like, I'm no longer going to use those. And then once I more things started coming out on the, you know, in the stores with giving us options, they became more comfortable type of pads. They weren't as brittle and break apart. You know, that's the reason why a lot of women don't use them because some of the natural ones were kind of, fling, you know, they were just cotton, just tissue. And you don't want to go out and about like that. So I love how the market has changed so much. And I think people, when they have a bad experience at the first time, they don't ever try it again. So us talking about it and showing them that we are busy every day moving around women and we use these products and they have really up, you know, up the uh, quality of these products. So. 
Yeah, well, thank you. And we're going to continue this conversation. You guys, if you, I encourage you, I will put in the description how you can follow Dr. Lambert. She is on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, her links will be on there, but she is at TikTok, Dr. underscore Lambert. And on Instagram, Dr. underscore Tanya with the A underscore Lambert. So please check the description out and follow. And Dr. Lambert, thank you again. And we hope you come back very soon. Thank you so much. I just wanted one minor correction. It's Dr. underscore Tanya for TikTok. I may, yes. Oh, okay. Let me change that. I'll, I'll change that. So it's Dr. underscore Tanya? Yes. Not Lambert? Yes. Okay. Got it. I'll change that. So be sure you all follow Dr. Lambert at TikTok at Dr. underscore Tanya with the A. And on Instagram, Dr. underscore Tanya with the A again, underscore Lambert. So be sure to show her some love and go over there and follow. You will love the content. You will be commenting and liking and sharing and saving it all day long. So thank you again. And thank you for everyone joining us on our podcast. Be sure to subscribe if this is your first time listening or watching. And be sure to tell your friends about it and drop a review, please. Thanks again. Let's chit chat travel and wellness. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. This is just one of the many free resources I offer to my clients to dump unhealthy habits and begin living. Be sure to visit my website for more free resources and health coaching. Again, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others so they can join the Let's Chit Chat podcast. Have a great day, you guys. See you next episode.